Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. Mm. Y'all. Dropping every Thursday on the hour of the 12. Yeah. Breaking all the curses, creating family well. Yeah. Saving my community, my passion is their help. Yes, I am a teacher, but I do not miss help. Looking at the world through a feminist lens. Dub it or trash, no recycling bins. Women are superior, we're gonna get our wins. Category clothes, the girls get their tins. Transphobic thoughts are shaky, they wobble. Homophobic creeps left behind, they dawdle. LGBT on pose, yeah, they model. Black to the future, we say poppin' models. Like a dice, like a dog. Um, everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Black to the Future. We are here, we are here, and so, Mav, you want to start with your blackness? Would you like to talk about yours, or do you want me to go first? Um, you can go first. Okay, so, this past weekend was Valentine's Day. Um, it was cute, we had lots of fun, like, I really, like, it was really great. I can't, I'm, I, there's nothing to complain about except that I'm old now and I feel tired as fuck. <laughs> like... So we went, um, I taught lessons on Saturday, which I normally do for hours, and then I went to the city, and then um, with my good sis Chrissy and her boyfriend Brad, um, we did, uh, we got a little high, and Mab came, and then we um, watched Cinderella Brandy. We was cackling for hours. Like, oh, it was so much fun. It was, it was, it was literally beautiful. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. I loved it. Oh God. That has to be one of the best castings ever. Best colorblind casting. It it was perfect literal perfection and if y'all haven't seen Todrick's like a uh, re- rendition of it like the like the like the small like little one two reboot that he put out with Brandy and the other cast members who aren't deceased rest in peace to Natalie and of course Miss Whitney Houston um but it's really cute y'all should go look that up 
And then the next day, because, you know, we can't do enough, our best friend Dexter, which we mentioned last time, took us on a Valentine's Day weekend little, little thing. It was really cute. And actually, before that, we had ther- they Mav and Dexter came to my therapy session. great but yes y'all need to go to therapy and like start tapping into these emotions because emotions are crazy i want to just it, it was a lot but i'm so happy that i did it because it really brought insight and stuff into how y'all see me and all that kind of stuff it was really great it was very emotional but in a good way where it revealed and pulled some things back from underneath the rug that i wasn't paying attention to so yeah a man and a woman. A man and a woman. And then we went to the and then we went to um called Accelerate. It was like a like a go kart place where we did axe throwing, which I was surprisingly good at. Which I didn't which I didn't get any on camera, but I got y'all on camera. And then we did the race car driving, which I won because I'm terribly competitive. And Yes, the gag was the race wasn't about who came in first. It was about who was the most consistent during the race, but I was taking no chances. I'm still coming in first, just in case. So that was that. And then we went to that, that Chinese restaurant, but that time me and Mab was exhausted. We were sitting Chinatown. <laughs> we were sitting there just talking. I don't think it was making any sense. It was so fun. And so, yeah. So, uh, been like, uh, you know, like the Peanuts gang and how the adults be like, wah, 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 wah. oh, baby, it might as well be. Like that. It might as well be. But just shout out to Dexter because he he paid for everything. He took care of us and it was really, really sweet and beautiful. So, yeah, that I love, love you. I love monster. So if anyway, I'm just tired and now this week is going and Jesus. I'm, I'm officially old because that bounce back didn't happen the way I thought it was. And it's Tuesday and I'm still tired. So I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> so how about you? How's your blackness, ma'am? It's good. I, I feel the same way as you. I'm, I'm a little exhausted. But, you know, we got things to do. So we just going to keep chugging along like the little engine that could. What do you mean? I'm thinking about a different train. If I'm, if I'm gonna be frank, I would like a different train to be done right about now. I'm, I can't. <laughs> I'm serious. Right. I'm, I'm great. Um, you know, I think uh, every cause you basically said everything that we did because we were together. Um, I enjoyed every part of it. Like I, we we got to do so much stuff, and mm-hmm. especially the act scoring was a lot of fun because uh, that girl, she was, um, she was like, we're all queer here, right? Like, oh, and her boyfriend was, us. and her boyfriend was over it, so we had to create teams names for for our act scoring. We at least we made we we look we like we had the ebb and flow of the situation, so we were like, we'll just make you captain. That way, you feel. Like you got some control, right? You know? But he didn't say nothing. Don't be mad. Don't get bent out of shape. Like, cause I was, cause when you turned and looked at us, where he was like, "Who's gonna be the team captain?" And you just pointed at him, and he was like, "Okay, I'll do it." But then it was like, "We need a team captain. We need a name." And he didn't say nothing. 
And I didn't know she identified with the LGBTQ plus community at all. So I wasn't checking for it. So she was like, we're all LGBTQ plus except for him. And I was like, oh, word. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> you know how we are. We're, we are a, a loud and proud bunch. Mm-hmm. Like you can, I'm sure it's, uh, if you're in a close vicinity of us, you'll be able to clock us because right. we're in, you know, we're, we're in, you know, uh, a space where they can hear our conversation, they can see us being goofy and laughing, and then it doesn't help that we was, we, we was ballroom dancing, but... We was. <laughs> Ten minutes ago, I met you. We were doing the, the square. We was the, doing the box step. It was fun. <laughs> we loved it. And it was awesome, so... I, I mean, it was fun. I didn't know, but I mean, if he was that bent out of shape, because this is the association thing. Like niggas don't want to think that. Like people think that they gay too, and it's like, what? Like, and and it beca- being LGBTQ is not a choice, but being an ally is a choice, mm-hmm. and I think it says a lot about you if you are able to be an ally to someone who who has a different walk of life than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that goes without saying for uh, people who are different spiritualities and religions, people who are um, different nationalities as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you can understand so much from other people's walk of life. Right. Like, there's so much you can gain. And, you know, I... Honestly, one thing that keeps popping in my head this past these past two weeks is just balance. Balance, balance, balance. And I think it's important for us. That's that's what we that's what I'm trying to achieve in my life is just making sure that there's balance. Mm-hmm. And I think our topic for discussion today, oh, that that balance is just uh, built within it yes. as well. I agree. I think that the the topic at hand, which is, of course, intersectionality, which we've been talking about, we're going to talk about for a minute, but now we're finally here, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> it. It's all about balance. And so we're going to kind of dive into intersectionality a little bit. So let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so intersectionality, um, a word we've used a few times, uh, more than a few times on this podcast, and that's because the podcast in itself is about intersectionality. Our, Our subject matter focuses around the black, queer, femme, woman, um, experience, and that in itself is since intersectionality. So, intersectionality is defined by Merriam-Webster, since y'all like to stuff to be all specific and shit. Inter- <laughs> you know how they like to do, like, the Harvard study it? I don't know if it's... You know how they like to do all that. So, this is a dictionary. Y'all can go argue with them. The complex cumulative way in which the effects of multiple forms of discrimination such as racism, sexism, I'm going to add these, misogyny, um, racism, transphobia, um, classism, um, etc. Combine, overlap, or intersect 
in the experiences of marginalized individuals or groups. Mm. I'll read it one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> the complex cumulative way in which the effects of multiple forms of discrimination, such as racism, sexism, transphobia, homophobia, classism, misogyny, massage noir, specifically combine, overlap, or intersect, especially in the experiences of marginalized individuals or groups. So, so it's basically like the blending of, uh, of a person's social identities and how those identities sort of contribute to the world and uh, their, the world's interaction with them and how they interact with the world. So like the the convergence mm. of, I love that word convergence, convergence. the convergence of harmonic convergence uh, can contribute to different like modes of discrimination and inequality within um, like social constructs and different institutions mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. all right and so of course this this term was coined by the one and only lovely Kimberly Crenshaw. She, yes, Miss Crenshaw. Yeah, is a doc? Is she a doctor? Is she a PhD? Let me oh, see. Oh, I definitely get it right. She um, probably is. Hold yeah, on. She's a doctor. You know, you know, you've got PhDs. You won't come. Hello. Okay, all that all that work she done did, child. Okay, Kimberly W. Crenshaw. Insidior and Seville Sabak, a professor of law at Columbia University mm. Mm. or Columbia Law School. So, you know, she done study what she needs to study, areas of study. She has done family, gender, sexuality, social justice, and human rights. All the stuff that we talk about on this young podcast, darling. Yes. And more so than that, areas of study, constitutional law. Civil rights, critical race theory, like she's one of the leading voices on that. Feminism and law or womanism and law. So it says here on her lovely, beautiful website, um, she is a pioneering scholar and writer of civil rights, critical race theory, black feminist legal theory and race, racism and the law. So she has been doing this for a hot minute as she's um, 60, if I'm not mistaken, if not a little bit older. So she has been doing this work for a while, darling. I wonder, because um, I did, re- I did recall reading today that the NAACP is going to sue Trump because of the uh, January sixth riot. I wonder um, who, the, like the NAACP, who, who their lawyers are, mm-hmm. and they uh, consult um, with people like Kimberly Crenshaw or, or those associated with her, because. You know, that would be really, really smart. I mean, that would be the thing to do. But like my mom was saying, that's too much like right. (laughs) That is too too much like right. Okay. (laughs) So my thoughts about um, intersectionality is the way that I like to think about it is, you know, there are streets that intersect all the time. You know, when you're talking to your, your friends and them, especially your mom and them, they love to be like, where you stay on 37th and National? Like, they will be like, 
they will give you like an intersection of like where you where they stay at or whatever. And so like that's how I kind of think about it. like literally like streets. And so you could have a bunch of fucking streets intersect. You know, you get to them intersections that have like lights that face a different direction, but they face in like another set. Like there could instead of having like two streets intersect, there could be like three or even four sometimes. Yeah. So that's how I kind of like to think about it. How do you think about intersectionality? I think about the same exact way um, because there are so many different parts of who we are as individuals. Me, just speaking from my own um, um, identities, Mm -hmm. Um, not only am I uh, a male, um, born male, I'm a gay individual, I'm also a black individual, and all those, all those, um, different identities, they become compounded, right? um, and they contribute to certain things that I may go through, so, like, being in, let's say if I'm, um, in a classroom or something like that, or, or, no, not even that, let's go back in time, let's say that I am a black woman, Mm mm-hmm, in the 60s about to walk into a bank to get a loan for like my house it's gonna be a no from them (laughs) because but and there's so many different factors contributing to that right not only is she a woman but she's a black woman right as well um but opposed to uh walking in there and being uh the white man Mm mm-hmm you know, and like because of uh, of his intersections and his intersectionalities, he's provided more privilege. Right. Um, and let's let's say uh, a black man, depending on the area that he goes into that bank in the sixties, he may get it because he's a man. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's just there. There are so many different parts and movable pieces uh, to this that we must consider. And I love intersectionality because that, that concept opens the door for us to, to consider everyone, everyone's experience in right. this world and how it's unique and different and how we must understand those differences to not only enlighten ourselves, but to help others. Um, right. So that's, how, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, to me, that's why intersectionality is very, very important uh, for us to discuss because no one's experience uh, is the same. Right. And I, I want to point out a word that you said. You said the the, the magic buzzword, privilege. Mm, yeah. And you know, every time somebody hears that word, they get all panties in a bunch. Yeah, they do. So, again, Merriam-Webster, you can talk to her about this. The definition of privilege is a right or immunity granted as a pers- as a particular, um, yeah, a, a, a peculiar, I can read, I promise. A grant or a right or immunity granted as a peculiar benefit, advantage, or favor. So, privilege is one of those things that gets everyone kind of riled up, especially when it comes in the form of, you know, particularly white privilege. Okay. And so when I think of intersectionality, you have to also consider the privileges. And so that means you also have to understand the history. So the example that Mab just gave about like a black woman entering into a space, still even to this day, 
in this particular instance, into a bank to get a loan for something, she's going to have a harder time because of how the systems have been established. And so all, all this to say is that when black people and indigenous folk were, were brought here and were here already for the indigenous folks, they were, everything was taken away from them and everything was built on the backs of them. And, but it was all created to help prosper and, and better the lives of the white people that came from Europe and other countries and stuff like that. So if a country was designed for the benefit and the pros and you know, the prosperity of a totally different set of people and not you, you're already at an advantage, which is part of the definition, if y'all was listening. Of privilege. Of privilege. So you have an advantage. This is why, you know, there are, you know, um, communities where white people don't have to ever see black people if they don't want to. Like, they really could. So it's designed to be that way, and they, and they want to... Um, what we're doing with this podcast is trying to bring and shed light and also in a way kind of rectify the fact that we've gone through these things. Now, obviously, Mab and I weren't there in during slavery times and we weren't there in the 60s and we weren't there in the, in that interim, you know. Yeah, I don't know if I would have made it, baby. It would have been a wrap for me. Because it's, it's, it's crazy to think about literally, like, every time we get in, of course, it's still Black History Month, and we have something special for y'all planned next week, so make sure you tune in for that. But um, it's, it's, it's baffling. Every, t- every back his- Black History Month, I learn something new. Yeah. So it's like there's still so much being uncovered. And the thing I think about it for me is that the privilege that white people have inherently in this country is what we saw on January 6th with the insertion, with the attempted coup. They could go up to this capital and, you know, take everything apart and do all this kind of crazy shit and nobody is really getting harmed in the process. Mm-hmm. But even, the, even Trump... Uh being the inciting factor of that whole situation him not being brought to justice right. is a big issue for me mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really big issue um, because it just sends a message to everyone that you can get away with murder essentially <laughs> if you are a white person in America right? A white, like, you can get away with murder and it's just like Wow. Mm-hmm. And this message has been reinforced over and over again in different situations. Right. It's not It's not like this is the first time. The thing about it that's so, that people find it so jarring is that we're finally bringing light to it. We're speaking on it openly without any kind of fear. And mm-hmm. people don't like to hear your life is hard because of the color of your skin. And they don't think that it would be, but it is. It's just the fact of the matter because the country wasn't designed and designated for us to thrive in. But we took what we had and we literally built culture. We literally built culture. This is why, because we can say things like, we have black pride, we're we're proud of being black people. And up until recently, Mab didn't know what his heritages were stemmed from, where his ancestors came from. 
And a lot of people don't have the ability to know that or have the access. A lot of black people don't like don't have that access to know that information because we were stripped and taken it was taken away from us because that's what was forced upon us. So now we can only be proud of being black people. We mm-hmm. we can't be proud of being African because we're not inherently African. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that come from Africa and they come to the United States. They can be proud of being African. They can also become a US citizen. So they can be proud of being African in whatever part whatever country they're a part of and then they can also be part of, be proud of being American. We don't have that privilege. So we can only be proud of being black people. So that's a privilege that white people have. But then, you know, I'm sorry that they're cut off from if they're Irish or Italian or Russian or French or German or whatever. Dig deep into those things. Be proud of those things because you have that privilege to be proud of those things. Just being proud of just being white means that you're just proud in adversity to being black. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how I kind of think of it. I'm just like, you're only saying I'm proud of being white because black people are proud of being black without knowing the context of the fact that we don't know nothing. <laughs> But y'all have the power and the privilege to break y'all shit down into percentages and give and give all that kind of stuff. So this kind of ties into the idea of like um, of intersectionality because then you know we talk about the black part. We can talk about the woman part now, and then of course it can get much deeper than that. But <laughs> we'll be here for ninety-seven hours if that was the case. We could because intersectionality we can always consider. Uh, like like you said, we, we consider race primarily, we consider gender, we mm. consider sex, but it also stems down to like height mm. and disabilities. Right. And like class status, you know, your uh, like your socioeconomic Economic status. status. Mm-hmm. All of that are contributing factors as well. Um, uh, like, if, like if you are trying, like you're in Chicago and you're trying to help uh, people who are unsheltered, then you have to also understand, you know, because they may have disabilities as well. Right. And then you also have to understand the race aspect of what they go through. And then also that part of being unsheltered and not having the clothes to get a job or there's so many different parts of that. And or movable pieces to it as well and you have to deconstruct it uh and go into each of those parts to help them right and a lot of people i feel like do not want to put forth that effort mm-hmm. to uh, to understand and because they have uh, that privilege <laughs> they want to put forth that effort to understand and i think uh remember when i was saying like uh, balance mm-hmm. is so important, and how we were we were we were talking about earlier um, tipping the scales. How people may feel like black folks one day may just be like, "Fuck it," because we're trying to tip the scales. Okay. White people or people in power may be like afraid of us getting revenge and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the sake of of balance, I know I wouldn't want us to do that, but for the sake of balance and who we are as human beings, humans, we messy. Oh, messy back boots. Humans are so messy. So I think, uh, but if we want to seek balance, we have to stop being messy and actually be proactive and start, 
being more understanding, even when we don't want to be. There has to be a lot more a level of self-awareness. And I think that's a lot of people don't think outside of themselves a lot of times. And because I don't think that we teach that to we people. Don't teach mindfulness. I, yeah, we don't teach mindfulness. We teach a lot of um, take care of yourself, and if everybody else gonna really fuck with you, they are gonna be in line with you. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's great. Definitely put yourself first because there's only one you, and you need to take care of yourself and handle your business. But if you don't start thinking about other people and how they feel about stuff and truly try to be invested in what it what it is that they go through, mm-hmm. then you will never be ever, ever be able to fully grow as an actual human being because you're so boxed into what's going on. So if you're surrounded by literally only your people and you're being constantly reinforced to see or hear your culture your race, your experience around you, if it's being constantly fortified by that, you have to be the people that take your own life into your hands and say, I need to learn about stuff that's outside of my scope. It's all, it's comfortable. And I agree. It's comfortable to be in a place where people like for me, it's rare for me to be outside of a black queer kind of space. And it's because, or a combination of that or something or whatever, and that's because that's where I feel comfortable. Can I be in a space where I'm not, where it's not predominantly black or if it's not um, queer centric? Yes, I've worked in those places. It's not fun for me, but I do what I need to do. I got my coins and I went home. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm going to go enjoy myself somewhere, I'm going to do it with people that make me feel comfortable. But I still took the time and the energy and the effort to step outside of myself and challenge myself to challenge my privilege, so to speak, because even though I, I, I exist on many intersections of marginalization in ways, I have a lot of privilege that I definitely try to use. And making this podcast was one of the reasons why I wanted to do that, to shed my light and my privilege in that way, because people don't have that kind of access. So, um, and so we can talk about the woman thing next, I feel like would be a great idea. Yeah. So- Okay, so the the next thing I kind of want to incorporate into this is the since we're talking about black women, since you kind of brought that to the table at the beginning, the woman aspect. And so of course we had the women's rights uh, movement and all that kind of fun stuff also taking place in the '60s as well. Mm-hmm. The catch, of course, is that it was for white women to get up under the oppression of men, particularly white men. I am woman, hear me roar. Okay. Or you can do the Katy Perry. There are so many, there are so like, oh my goodness. Like my, fa- I think one of my top three favorite woman empowering songs are um, God is a Woman by Ariana Grande. You believe God is a woman. I love that one. And then uh, Scissors, uh, Doves in the Wind. Well, niggas do not deserve pussy. Like, I love that. I love that song. And, um, uh, 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 oh, oh, God, I can't remember the other one right now. And that's bad because it's it's one of my favorites. Anyway, that's not the point. But, like, um, 
so then so we talk about the race thing but the idea that men don't perceivably see themselves as being inherently with privilege so i usually use this as my reference point whenever even though they're pro even though they're problematic whenever you watch a gender reveal video a good 90 percent of the time at least to me i don't know numbers i don't know statistics but whenever I watch one of these videos, every time it turns out to be a girl, no one seems to be more excited. I mean, I think the the woman who's pregnant or the person who's pregnant, they are excited about having a child, so they may be more excited. But it seems like, you know, particularly if it's a man and a woman, the father seems to be like, oh, damn, I have a daughter now. And there's actually like some video where a man, like as soon as it was revealed that he's going to have a daughter as, or an AFAB person, assigned female at birth person as a child, like his brain started to like literally flash back to like the busted challenge or like, or um, sexually assaulting things, all kinds of, all that kinds of stuff that revolves around the experience of being a woman. It's like he didn't rationalize what it would like to be a woman in this space, in this world, until he was going to have a daughter. Which leads me to believe that if he was going to have a son, he wasn't going to care about any of that stuff regardless. White, white boys are taught uh, what consent is. Among that's other a, things. That's, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, a factor. And that, mm. that plays in that because because of the gender bias and because they don't think about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that that being a man that that come that privilege comes with being a man, not having to think about that, not having to uh, until it's important. Um, part of me wants to be like, I wonder how I would have been if I would have been raised around uh, more men than more females. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I was raised around mostly my mom and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had I had a lot of male influences in my life still, mm-hmm. but my home life was just my mom and my sister primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I wonder I wonder what it's like to, to be birthed into something where all you do really think about is being a guy and not really thinking about how you being a guy, how that impacts the women around you. Right. Mm. And, and I think that they don't think, and, you know, I, I find a lot, especially on Twitter, it seems like men will defend what they deem as a beautiful woman. They will defend that. Or they will defend their mother, their grandmother, or some other kind of motherly type figure to them, or their daughter. And that's about it. All the other women can kind of like go somewhere and just die. Right. It's like, it, it doesn't seem to like, it doesn't seem to have the same gravity. And I get that obviously you have relations to these women. That makes sense. They're going to be on the forefront of what you do. That stands to reason. But it's like... All women need that certain level of um, protection and equality. All women, cis or trans, they need that kind of they need that kind of protection, and that we need men to say something just as they would about any other woman in their life. And that comes with having a privilege, having privilege as a man, because it's very obvious that being a woman is expensive in this country. Much more than being a man because we expect so much more of women than of men. 
That's and, and also bring it back to uh, Kimberly Crenshaw mm-hmm. and like her TED talk and how she was discussing um, just when we were talking when she was talking about just the police violence and brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, and she began to list names. The first half, she listed all um, the guys' names. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Brown, Lando. You know, she listed everybody. Right. Uh, those names mm-hmm. and then when she started to list the women um the crowd she because her instructions were to uh, if you recognize these names please keep standing right if you don't recognize these names please sit down right and when she started to list the women's names sandra you know, bland east line metal down more and more mm-hmm. because uh like that's another thing with this whole representation and she she wanted she wanted people to understand the intersections between being black and a and a woman as well in this world, and how that contributes to the police violence and the uh, social the, not even just the media coverage, but the social media coverage right. of and and how we actually uh, know the men's names mm-hmm. when we know these women's names. Right, like for example, we when Hammond did backflips and cartwheels for George Floyd. Um, rest in peace and um, not that he should have galvanized the whole 2020 um, you know uh, movement that we had last year for Black Lives Matter but um, Breonna Taylor like uh, it's literally baffling that it feels more like pulling teeth um, when it came it felt more like pulling teeth with her Mm -hmm. to get people to understand the hashtag say her name was for black women because they were getting lost in the sauce. And then, of course, the answer to say her name hashtag was say his name. And it's like, but we're already saying his name. We don't need to. We don't need to continue to. We already saying um, George Floyd and everyone else's name. We don't need to say more men's names. We need to get these women um, um, in the spotlight as much as we do the men. We don't value the woman's body except outside of a sexual or reproductive kind of situation, which men still want to seek control over because that's what society has deemed the rules of over all this time. And so that's where intersectionality kind of falls, where it continues to put people in positions that are weaker than. So for women, particularly if they're women of color, particularly if they're black women, and even more specifically, if they're dark-skinned black women, you know, they have less value as time goes on. And that it wouldn't, and it would be even more magnified if you add more intersections to it. So not, one thing I don't want to do is play the oppression Olympics. Yeah, we had that discussion too. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to play the oppression Olympics. So everyone knows what, if you don't know what the oppression Olympics is, it's basically the question of who has it worse in America or who has it worse in total. And so I think I actually made that like a note on Facebook. You remember back in the day when you could make notes on Facebook and tag people? Baby, I did that. I think I was a sophomore in college and I felt myself doing stuff that I was like, I'm doing the thing. <laughs> and so... I got a lot of comments on it. I remember back in college and they were just like, are you trying to start World War Three and shit like that? But those are coming from like mostly white people and they were just, and because they don't want to have to think about those things. Again, a privilege that they don't want to think about. But anyway, the oppression Olympics is essentially who has it the most challenging in America. And so 
I, I don't want to make it that game, but we really have to think about what um, privileges people have. So if you're a cisgender, white, upper to middle, middle to upper class white man that has everyone in their family, has had good careers and stuff like that, you have good mental health, you have no physical disabilities, you're heterosexual, baby. You better, you just gonna have to just get ready to get on board to just be the bland and banal. Like, that's what your life is. I'm serious. You bland and banal. That's what you gonna get, bland and banal. And so, of course, that's not bad. That's just how you were born. And you gonna have to just sit there and just eat that. And if people say you have privilege, you're going to have to say, yes, I do. In this country, it was designed for white men to have this power and this privilege. And again, we just did small history lesson a few minutes ago. So if you don't recognize that, then you'd have no way of helping you. Now, obviously, if you don't have the right socioeconomic status, or if you're not, or if you're overweight, or if you have a disability or something, your privilege will, you know, decrease, so to speak. And it's it's crazy because. I was watching uh, Red Table Talk mm, with Jada Pinkett um, now. Jada, and she posed the question: Do people with privilege, uh, how should we expect them to want to balance the scales? Like, mm. is that a reality? Is that is that something that could really happen? Could people empower? actually have the desire to want to balance the scales and i pose that question to you what do you think say do you think do you think that's possible um i i okay and this is how i think about it if you've never had to think about it not for a single second if you had a pwi that's just what it is. You a predominantly white institution, which is almost everything. If you've never had to think about it, I don't see people making an effort, like you said earlier, to want to shift the balance. Yeah. Because that would imply that something is being taken away from you. And I could understand that fear and that irrationality behind it because if you feel like well, I have $5 and this person only has $1 and they need more money to match what I have. That means if I want them to have the $5 and they only have $1, they're going to have to get four more dollars from somewhere. Where are they going to get it from? And I if, don't want to give them what I have. I don't want to give them what I have because it's mine. And that makes, <laughs> and that makes sense. So it's like this do they well here's the thing is that they're the ones who have to make those changes yeah because if you're the majority if you're part of that if you're part of the level of privileged land you know you have to be willing to sacrifice something because chances are you're gonna be fine without it anyway mm -hmm. chances are i can't speak for everybody and i won't i don't want to overgeneralize but if like if you have all of this this is why, like, people who are millionaires and, like, billionaires and trillionaires and all that kind of stuff, 
they make so much money in a second, it don't make no damn sense. Yeah. They could easily give a good piece of their wealth to underdeveloped communities and all that kind of stuff to help better stuff. And then the gag is, the gag for me is, don't you get tax breaks for shit like that? Yeah. If you donate money, I don't know how all that works. Because the whole thing about, like, taxes and whatnot and universal health care, I know that, like, it's a, uh, a lot of people think about um, taxing more so we can have universal health care. Um, and a lot of, you know, people who have a lot of money, they like, I the reason I have my money is because I don't just give it away. Right. Very Scrooge <laughs> so McDuck. they're like, no, I don't, I, I, I think you should work as hard as I, and it's like, there, there's your, your understanding. There's, that's mm-hmm. your understanding. Mm-hmm. You, you're saying you think people should pull themselves up by their, boot, their bootstraps and work as hard as you do, mm-hmm. but you don't see that they aren't afforded the same opportunities to work as hard as you do. Exactly. They aren't. They weren't giving given the same. Um, they aren't, aren't the same. We're not at the same starting line. Right. That's a great. That's that's a great point. It's it's running a race where you have shackles on and you're tied to cement shackles or whatever, and you're trying to run up against these people who don't have not a thing in front of them. Because again, the system is designed to help benefit them and prosper and assist them. It's just how it was designed. So the only people who could undo all of that is the people who created it, to me. Yeah, those who created it. And it's, 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 it's a slow, I think it's a slow road to progress mm-hmm. with that. Because mm-hmm. you essentially have to take all this generational thought and reframe it. Because right. we're not, nobody's trying to take anything from anybody else. Right. We're trying to make it so Redistributed. Other, other races and, uh, and, and, and immigrants and people who come here can live a good quality life. Right. And not it's work. not fair that because of so many different um, parts of, of the way America is that, that that's hard to achieve um, because of all these different roadblocks that essentially people who are cisgender, heterosexual, white, Christian don't see mm-hmm. from someone who is trans or uh, has a disability or, you know, is an immigrant. Mm-hmm. They don't see that. And it's like, well, you guys aren't the majority of America, so why does it matter? It matters because that one person, that one immigrant who uh, came over here uh, because they were fleeing their country because of some war, something that was happening, who came here, that may be the next person to uh, solve something uh, to, to, to help us with a cancer. That may be, you know... Could have uh, took care of Miss Rona in a second, but y'all don't want to let her in here. It's like, do you not understand that helping, when we all help each other, when we do have balance, we push everybody up. Right. We're not pulling you down. We're trying to get you to see that you pushing people down is... Uh, hindering you from being lifted up as well. Right.
it's it's very like so think of it kind of like there's you know there's there's three boxes one's short one's medium and one's tall and so everyone who's on the tall box is like already tall enough to see over the fence mm-hmm. you don't need to be able to see over the fence you can see over without the box you don't need it what do you need it for and so then we're not trying we're so equality will put everybody on the same playing field that's great that's fantastic but still if everyone's on the same playing field if the short person is on the medium sized box they can barely see over it that gives us that's equality not, yes, we that's want equality but it's not that's not equity equity yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so equity of course is the idea of get rid of the whole damn box and fence thing and we can everybody could just see equally or with equity, I suppose. So how do we get there will be the question. And I think understanding how intersectionality affects people is the first step. And I think, um, I don't think we're gonna get the magical luxury or privilege of seeing it all unfold the way it's supposed to unfold. That's gonna be generations from now, I feel like. They're gonna get to see the fruits of the labor that we're doing now, similar to how, you know, we're just now starting to get to the point of talking about slavery in a certain kind of way where it's not a million years old. Mm-hmm. So I did think you, we're- Did you see that video of uh, that kid, um, he recorded in class, he was in class, he was a high schooler, and his, his white teacher was saying that uh, white people didn't uh, whip slaves with whips. I saw that. It, I was, they, they are really, I don't know. And so if I was, honestly, and this is just me being me, but if I was one of them white teachers and I had to teach history, girl, just, just don't do it. Like it, these kids got phones and shit now. Why are you doing this? Like we could screen record and all kinds of stuff. Is it worth losing your job over? If you're going to have these prejudices, at least keep them to your damn self. Like Jesus. You sat, you fucking up your own shit. Like I was on TikTok and I saw somebody, um, this white teacher who was just like, um, like, well, we're gonna practice saying nigger in here. And one boy just stood up and said, What? Like a black boy, he just he's and he's like, It's just a word, it's just a word. I'm just and, and he's like, No, it's not a word that y'all can just say. And again, my thought process behind it is what's someone asked the question so perfectly. Why is it so important for y'all to say this word? Why is it so important? Someone explain why it's so important. Because I think uh, one girl put it very eloquently. It's the first time in ever where black people have told white people they cannot do something. And they have to listen. They have to listen. It's the first time where we were like, no, you can't do this. You will respect me. And the fact that you have this desire, this eager, this this eagerness, this urge to be like, nigga, 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 nigga. Now what? Now what? You just want to be cool. Why? Why? Normalize saying cracker. Mayonnaise people. You know, snow possums. Whatever the fuck. Normalize whatever you find offensive. Start doing that amongst your people. And we'll sit back and we'll be like, okay. I can, I can almost guarantee black people who's not over the age of 50 gonna be like, okay, we, we ain't gotta, we ain't gotta say cracker no more. Y'all stop saying nigga, we gonna stop saying cracker. Okay, boom. Boom. Um, 
I'm sorry. That was. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that shit just be irritating me. It's just like. And but anyway, so I think um, intersectionality plays a huge part, and um, you and using your privilege in that way. So you know, the closer you are in the oppression Olympics, air quotes to being a cisgender, heterosexual, upper middle class with your socioeconomic status, uh, white man, um, you know, the closer you are to having that level of privilege, the more power you're going to have in this country because of implicit bias in the way that the country is set up. The further you move away from that, and, and the darker your skin gets, the less likely you are to be uh, heterosexual or a match or or um, cisgender, the more the less likely you are to have that socioeconomic status. All that kind of stuff. The further you move away from that, the the more challenging it's going to be. So it's kind of like you have all these one-way streets intersecting, but you don't have any two-way streets intersecting. I feel like white people and the more privileges you have, the more intersections you have that are, are, you know, acceptable or passing air quotes or whatever the case may be. You have more two-way streets, which means you have options. If this street get cut off, you can turn back and go the other way. But if you're a black person, particularly if you darker skin, if you're a woman and stuff, you have these one-way intersections that you just like, damn, I can't go nowhere but forward. So I'm stuck in this traffic. I can't go the fuck where I need to go. Like, that's how my brain sees it. And, and also, I, I just want to piggyback off that and talk about uh, an example of, like, that roadblock. Mm-hmm. Um, it is important to see intersectionalities because, again, everyone has a unique experience. And if we say things like, oh, my, my mom, my dad, my parents, they never raised me to see color. Mm. Oh, I'm colorblind. I don't see race they may have had the best intentions because they, you know, their their uh, reason for that was to make sure that you treated everyone equal. Mm. But also, to do so, you have to understand, you have to see race. You have to see color. Right. You have to recognize someone's differences because in their differences, that is what helps you understand them and that's what help, uh, helps us to understand each other um, within our differences. Right. Uh, being different is very, very important. It is a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And I think some somewhere along the line, people thought, if I try not to see the, the differences, that means I'm not being racist or I'm not being prejudiced. No, there's a way to see people's differences and let that empower them and empower you as well. Right, And so I, I just wanted to, to frame that about intersectionality because we have to, it's okay to see differences, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's okay to see that someone is different from yourself and to be curious and to uh, seek to understand in the most, in the best way possible mm-hmm. to lift them up and to lift yourself up. Right. Um, and I think that's why, like, I'll never, I'll never use that, that, uh, that line of, I'm colorblind. I, I don't see color. Me to see race. Oh, they should have. Yeah, <laughs> they really, they really, really should. And 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 it may seem like we're always attacking white people and stuff like that, but that's because they have the privilege and the luxury of this country, and that's been backing them for 
literal years, hundreds of years. So they have the backing and then they're sitting comfortably. So when, like what people always say, something feels like an attack when you're not ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. So if someone says like, you have this privilege, you need to address that privilege and use it the best way that you know how. So if you're not listening to what black people are saying, if you're not listening to what uh, women are saying, if you're not listening, not hearing, listening, if you're not listening to what uh, queer people are saying, what trans people are saying, if you're not listening to what disabled people are saying, if you are not listening, if you're not taking in the information and saying like, gosh, I need to understand this further. Or if you're saying, I don't understand this, let me listen in. Let me tune in. Let me pay attention. Take yourself out of the equation for about five minutes. You could learn a lot of fucking shit. Yeah. And so what it basically does is make you have to rationalize and be have a certain level of willingness to sacrifice. Because I'll speak for myself personally. I'm, I'm an AMAP person, assigned male at birth. So I don't know um, if I think there's a privilege, of course, being uh, being assigned male and being born a boy type of uh, being a born being a boy person. When you're born, your family treats you different. They receive you different. I think they really boost you up a little bit more. And that's just me. That's how my thought process about it. That's what I feel. And from the gender reveals, I think that might just be a consensus on that a little bit, too. But, you know, I, I, I ended up changing my gender because I knew exactly who I was. I'm a woman, and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I have the luxury of being a lighter-skinned black person. I'm the lightest person in my immediate family. And so I was like, I'm using my, you know, I look prettier, air quotes. I got a message today on Instagram, just passing through to let you know how beautiful you are. I, 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 uh, and that's just, that's just, li- that's just, I feel like that might be a light skin thing. Cause I think there are p- beautiful dark skin people. I'm talking to one right now. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's one thing. And I, you know, also the, the ability to pass for a cisgender woman. I pass very well, especially when I get all dolled up and painted. I pass very well. So I try to use the privileges. And I think that a lot of people, have privileges that they they need to start accessing and stop using their um the uh, the things that don't give them privileges very much so if you are for example as a trans person if i'm in a situation i could put my privilege on the line and so for example if there was a woman who didn't pass as well and people were antagonizing her i could use my passing privilege to be like look you're i'm trans she's trans and try to diffuse the situation. Now, not everyone's going to do that, but I, but they, if they, if they assist, assume, assume that I'm cisgender, they probably expect me to join in the on the camaraderie and, and add fire to the gas to the fire, fan the flame, or whatever. But I don't have to do that. I can use my passing privilege to say, no, y'all not gonna do this to this girl. Y'all up here trying to get um, gunning for her, but y'all ain't saying a word about me. Don't do that. Use the privilege that you have to do that kind of stuff or yeah it's scary Mm. that's what sacrificing your privilege feels like it's scary to give something away like that like you could put yourself in harm's way but chances are if you're higher air quotes on the totem pole of you know this the world that we sit in if you're closer to being that cis hat white person you probably have a lot less to lose than someone like myself so, at the end of the day, it's about being brave and being that person to stand up 
when you have the ability to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think a lot of people are able to take on that mantle. No, people aren't ready to be those uh, heroes without capes just yet. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think people just have like a certain level of fear around it. And so it makes sense. Fear is something that protects us 90% of the time. It keeps us safe. So if you don't want to sacrifice anything, you don't want to expose yourself to that kind of fear, you should start working on trying to do a little bit at a time. You ain't got to throw yourself out there to people so they can attack you and all that kind of stuff. You ain't got to do all that. But start taking those tiny measures of like looking looking into other people's cultures and heritages and stuff like that. You know, even me as a queer black trans woman, I still have to look at things like I'm physically able. I'm in a great economic status you know I have to start looking at those other things and start using my privilege in those kind of ways where it's like here I can donate money or here I can you know use this platform to allow people to speak about what their experiences are and stuff like that so that's how I try to use what I know how to do so I love it I love it I love it I love it I'm sorry I'm so ugly (laughs) Okay, so we have come to the end of another episode. And so this one, again, intersectionality. So what are your final thoughts, Mab, about intersectionality? It's important. Mm-hmm. We have to, I will stress this multiple times, we have to recognize intersectionality. Um, uh, if you are a social worker, if you, if you want to help people, you have to recognize intersexuality just as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and because I don't feel humans are at a place to recognize it the way that it should be recognized, um, we can't have aliens show, reveal themselves and come down here because they're going to be like, y'all can't even get together that, <laughs> with y'all nations and y'all genders and y'all all these Baby. Y'all can't even get it together with that. So why would we they 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 like they looking at the yelp reviews and like ooh earth it's ghetto it is it's a two out of five for us we can't do it they got a couple cute little things we can stop by and see but the rest of it it is a two out of five baby would not recommend right they got air but they killing it mm they killing each other because they got different skin colors. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. So, would, two out of five stars would not recommend. It's ghetto as hell here. Let's not do that. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, both of my Um. So I would firstly like to thank um. Kimberly Crenshaw for her uh, beautiful analysis on critical race theory and providing us with providing us with this term intersectionality and again it's not a super old term but it's been around for a cute minute so yeah look into it kids y'all gonna have to look into this um and so the thing about it for me is that we have to really talk about privilege and I'm gonna keep harping on that because within intersectionality, the concept and the idea of what privilege is plays a huge factor 
If you have the privilege not to think about other people outside of yourself at any capacity, especially if this country was designed and built for you, you have to take those steps to do that. Not to say that the people who are black or indigenous or disabled or trans or queer or whatever the case may be, or have a lower socioeconomic status, now that they don't have to think about those things. They think about it all the time. They always say, damn, if I had a little bit more money, if I was a white man, I could have been did this. They think about it in a hypothetical, I wish sort of uh, a fantasy kind of way. You're living that fantasy and that luxury that they that they wish they could have. It's like Cinderella. Very. Y'all need to be the, the, the fairy godmothers. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> It's not impossible. That's the gag. It's not impossible. It's not. They could easily do this. Well, I don't know about easily, but it it needs to start with the acknowledgement of like, I have a privilege and I need to use it. And the fact that you recognize that you have a privilege will lead you to start thinking like, I have to start sacrificing something to help these people. And even if the sacrifice is, I'm going to speak up when a white person is talking badly about a black person. Boom. That's a step in the right direction. You put yourself... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to add another one. I'm going to say something um, if uh, I see some uh, an, an, an Asian elder walking down the street and being, uh, being uh, talked to or somebody's about to assault them. I'm going to do something. Right. You know, I, I'm going to do something. I don't know if anybody else is going to do something, but I'm going to do something. If I if I'm if I'm a building architect person and this building does not have elevators or ramps, I'm taking care of those things. That's thinking about people who have different things. And when it comes to socioeconomic status, I think that's the biggest one that people don't want to think about. Giving your giving your money and your energy and your time to people who have less than you takes a big is a big step. You ain't gotta start there. You can start by getting people together in your immediate circle. Start weeding them people out. Are they racist? Are they transphobic? Are they homophobic? Is your husband? Is your girlfriend? Is your boyfriend? Is your partner? Is your best friend from elementary? Right. Is your best friend from high school? Is your coworker? Gather these people together. The reason that people don't want to gather someone together is there's a fear of I'm going to lose something. Yeah. It's having that friend, having that lover, having that person with those terrible isms. Is it worth it to sit there and endure that every single time? And now it's eating at you and bothering you. I don't see the benefit. So you're sitting in a privilege and now you're wallowing in it. And not to make anybody feel bad, but you have to start recognizing those things. Everyone has a privilege to a certain degree. I'm sure there's, I'm sure, I'm sure you have something you can definitely think about in that way. So that's my uh, takeaway for intersectionality and privilege is start thinking about how all these inner things that don't promote the idea of whiteness and cisgender and heterosexuality and masculinity, those things are all and having the wealth to do all these things, having a good physical able body, having clean mental health in, in that kind of way. Those things are prioritized and pushed to the forefront. The further you are away from those things, the harder things are going to be. So if you have all the things I've just listed, you need to be starting to do some this this check-in and gathering people together. 
If people are saying some shit around you, you have to start gathering people together, period. And so, if they don't want to get in line, you don't need to be around them. You really don't. Go and uplift somebody. Uh, hello, <laughs> uplift somebody who really needs it. So, before we dip out of here, so next week is going to be a very interesting week. It's been, this. it's all of February. We've been talking a little bit about black history. But next week, we're going to do something extra special. So it'll be our 20th episode. And we're saying 20th like it's been like 100. But 20th episode of the Black to the Future podcast. So um, thank you for all the reviews that are happening online. We appreciate it. We have five stars. We're holding steady at five stars. So if y'all can get on there and give us some more five stars to keep us steady so our show can be... Um, promoted and pushed out and stuff like that so our content can be heard that'll be fantastic but next week we are going to do a live instagram show live 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 we are going to be discussing um uh, important historical black figures black um black moments things that make us proud to be black people and to be doing the work that we're doing with this podcast so it will be on our Instagram live. So at Instagram at Black to the Future podcast verbatim, just like that, just like how I said it. At B L A C K T H E. Wait. <laughs> Wait. There's a two in there. There's a T O in there. B L A C K T O T H E F U T U R E. P-O-D-C-A-S-T, Black to the Future podcast on Instagram. I hope I spelled that right. Did I spell that right, ma'am? You did. I was writing you down as you were saying. Ciao, baby. <laughs> I'm tired. Don't do me, y'all. We okay. are sleepy. We, we said that at the beginning. We okay. did. So, Black to the Future podcast. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram if you haven't already at Pink Princess P I N K P R Y N C E S S underscore Zay X A Y Pink Princess Zay. Do you want me to throw yours in there too, Mab, just in case? Sure, go ahead. Okay, and we also have Mab's Instagram at Bam Gizmo. So B A M. What is it? G-I-Z-M-O? C. There we go. So, um, be on the lookout for that. That's going to take place next week, Monday, February 22nd at 8 p.m. Central Time, which is, what, 9 p.m. Eastern and then 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Yeah. Um, make sure you Go to Black to the Future podcast Instagram page and also just make sure that you have the notifications or see, make sure that you have that turned on to receive notifications when we are live or when we do make posts and things like that. So you can be informed as well. That part. So again, we're going to do a live 20th episode show. It'll be a cute little hour, and if and y'all, you know, y'all gonna be on there. Make comments and, and tell us what y'all think. If we crunchy, say let us know we crunchy. I don't care. 
<laughs> um, we would like to hear y'all thoughts about um, the podcast and, and how it sounds and what y'all think and what other things we should talk about, as well as we're going to talk about black history. And so some components, anything you want to throw into the um, into the pot to mix around, we could talk about those things as well in the comment section. So again, uh, at Black to the Future podcast on Instagram, at Pink Princess underscore Zay, and at Bam Gizmo on Instagram. We're going to be doing a live show next week, Monday, February 22nd at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. Um, Pacific. 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 I used to hate when they used to say that on TV. It's like 8, p- 8, 8, 7 Central. I'll be like, damn, what does that mean? But you used to figure it out. But anyway, make sure that y'all tune in and that episode that we were, we will record that episode live. And then that episode will debut itself on that following Thursday on the 25th, I believe that is. Yeah. The 25th. Yes. The 25th. Yeah. So that episode will come out. So again, Instagram live black to the future podcast um february 22nd next monday at 8 p.m central 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific time so this this was this lovely episode yay yay thank you guys so much for tuning in we truly appreciate it i'm so thankful this is this is always an enlightening journey to be on learn something new all the time that Um, part so it's a lot of fun Thank y'all so much. And I'm going to put Kimberly Crenshaw's information, her TED Talk, and link to intersectionality, all that stuff, in the show notes, in the details. Make sure you look at that. And we will see y'all on Instagram Live on Monday, February 22nd at 8 8 p.m. Central. Bye! Bye! Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oop, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all black to the future. future.